Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It girls, we the itch girls. I got Jenny and Lindsay in this bitch girl. Make you move your hips for sipping gin, girl. Make you bounce your tits like it's a jig, girl. Like boom, sit down, boot, trip for your boom. very sad myself. Loki was very bitchy on X Girls. <laughs> Shut me the fuck down, but however. It's because I'm sick, I'm feeling sorry for myself. I'm a bitch when I'm sick. So yes. Sorry. So sorry everyone if I come across like a yeah. But she's going to be bag. a feisty old girly for the comedy festival on Thursday, so we're looking forward to seeing I anyone. I can. Oh yeah. I'm all sick. Sure you know. Bit, bit of medicine. True. True. But we uh, are yeah, obviously playing the comedy festival this week. We are dying to see you all. We're on a half nine uh, but I would encourage you to go see Anya before us. Give a laugh. She's on a half six. Yeah. Get in there, get your seats and have a few drinks. But this week we have a guest joining us. Our good friend, Rebecca. Rebecca. Hey. Welcome, girl. <laughs> hey. Hi. Rebecca is a fan. You are a listener. I am a fan. An avid listener. Yeah. An ex gal. Yeah, it's embarrassing. Yeah. I've <laughs> literally known you guys forever. Yeah. I even paid for ex gals. I know. I'm sorry, a true friend. Yeah, a true, a true friend. Supporting your friends. Yeah. Two girls don't. Yeah, yeah, they're <laughs> Fiona. Fiona of course they don't. I was like, link me that episode. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, give me a fiver in my yeah. hand. Yeah. <laughs> and the other Rebecca in our group pay for it as well, so. Yeah, she does for yeah. play. Mm-hmm. I will be bringing that up to yeah. my sister later. <laughs> Rebecca's equal sound. So, yeah. we are bringing <clears throat> Rebecca on this week uh, to talk about her journey. Because my journey. it's extremely interesting. Mm-hmm. And she, as... Rebecca said we've known her for a long long time and you know in whatever capacity have been in some way along the journey with her and we would know a lot of it but I think if you have a friend in these kind of situations it'll be an interesting kind of conversation to have mm-hmm. so and it's interesting to talk about it in a larger like a scale like this like an hour long you know the way yeah, we've been yeah. like I've known you for so many years mm-hmm. I've always heard like pockets of this and pockets of mm-hmm. that but never really in a, like a elongated speech kind of thing yeah. whatever so do you want to jump right in? Yeah. To your story? Yeah. So I guess it's it's strange in ways, but then kind of normal for me to talk about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like it's strange to talk about it with friends yeah. really yeah. openly. But then I suppose I'm, I've been so open for such a long time with like psychologists, psychiatrists and stuff like that, that now I'm more comfortable talking about it. So mm-hmm. basically I have had an eating disorder since I was probably around eight mm-hmm. um, and I actually just left inpatient treatment on Thursday so I feel like it's quite early to be talking yeah and maybe people might think that as well but I also think that you never lose what you've learned and that was my fifth time in treatment so uh, like just because I kept going back doesn't mean that I lost everything I'd learned before mm. 
Um, and I actually just finally feel like I'm in this really, really good place and like I'm actually in a place where I've never been before. Because I, that's why I thought when I asked you only <clears throat> yeah. yesterday to come on because yeah. we've been hanging out since you've been out and everything like that. Yeah. And I think that, you know, you're in a place and I never think like I would never put on like I think you're healed or anything mm, like that but I definitely mm. think you're in an, a more open place to talk about yeah um, what you've been going through whereas before it was maybe a little bit more secretive and mm. closed so you've definitely been more open this time around that's what I saw so then I was like okay mm. it could be therapeutic to talk about it and that kind of stuff you yeah know? no it is it definitely is and like I suppose my main kind of purpose for coming on here as well is because my eating disorder was not what is shown in the media and mm-hmm. it was not what is shown online. Like, I feel like people see these weight restored pictures. So they see someone who was underweight and then they see someone who's weight restored and that's saying, okay, look, I was underweight, I was sick and now I'm weight restored, I'm better. Yeah. And unfortunately, it's, like a conclusion. <laughs> it's a conclusion. Whereas actually, I haven't been, I was underweight once, like once during the last kind of 14 years so I first went into hospital at 14 but before that I guess like just to kind of sum it up like I grew up in a household where I didn't have a great relationship with my dad and like my parents had an okay marriage but there was a lot of stuff that I suppose I was a really really highly sensitive child so if you asked my sister what was your childhood like she'd probably Mm. have a totally different perspective of what I do but I would notice everything and I was highly anxious and my mum always say that, that I was just constantly latched onto her, like um, couldn't go to sleepovers, kind of like Fiona. Yeah, and me, I was like and that you, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like me and my sister, like yeah. barely travel. I know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah I was the exact same. And I just, Ball. yeah, I, like I became fo- aware of food and my body at an age where I shouldn't have. Okay. So my dad <clears throat> was... Our dad. <laughs> um, and I would listen. Yeah, and I would listen. Yeah. Huge He's next girl. <laughs> um, he was always dieting. Oh, really? Um, yeah. So my dad is still a pilot and he works for a Japanese company and they're really, really, really strict. And they actually follow. So they do this thing called a medical. It's like every six months. And they actually follow the medical for a Japanese build instead of like a western man no way that's so interesting and the bmi for asian women for example is actually way lower like the like for us they say like 18.5 is underweight yeah but if you are a an asian woman i think that's still normal like i'm not sure the exact numbers but like Mm. it could be 18 it's just their bone structure like Mm -hmm. everything like that so my dad was in order to keep his job he had to be really really kind of conscious of that kind of stuff interesting so he went on atkins um, which is like a low carb diet. Do you remember Atkins? Sorry, yeah. I just remember that was huge. Yeah, yeah huge. Yeah, yeah. Jennifer yeah. Aniston was on it, wasn't yeah, she? Yeah, yeah. And um, he went on that, and <coughs> I just became so aware of it. Like I was just incredibly aware, so much so that by the time I was eight, I was like begging my mum to get me a dance mat so I could count calories. Because remember when you were, oh, yeah. you could count the calories. Oh, yeah. And I was keeping journals of it, but still, it was all like. It wasn't behavioral. It was more so like a mental thing at the beginning, which I think it can depend. It can be, it can start behavioral or it can start kind of like in your head. How do you mean by that? So I wasn't restricting food at this point or binging and purging or anything like that. I was just becoming more aware of it and then counting things and um, I suppose like, you know, noticing numbers and things, but not yeah. actually 
making a move on it you didn't already have an emotional attachment to it yet mm. it was more just like present yeah it was really present mm-hmm. and like it shouldn't be because I suppose like what age is Rilo like 10 he's 10 and mm-hmm. I don't know is he aware of like calories at all I don't think I knew what a calorie was until I was about 16 mm. 17 I don't think and, yeah. and I think even then it was brought in by like pop culture yeah know, by magazine culture and stuff like that because I wanted to read mm. like ma- <clears throat> magazines for adults but yeah I yeah. would have been pretty later as well because I remember you could flip up a chocolate bar and read all that oh yeah mm. but as well it was just numbers to me I never yeah yeah equated it to emotion yeah so and like you're saying like obviously you have like a brother and a sister and it is it didn't affect them yeah, yeah and that's the weird thing about mm. like just upbringings and things because totally. you're I mean we're just all individuals like mm. me and my sisters and brothers are all brought up in the same household but I very much was more affected by say the Christian mm. <clears throat> culture in my family yeah then like my sisters were kind of grounded it. Yeah, it's yeah. different personalities and different things. Like my sister, both my sister and my brother, they wouldn't be anywhere near as like sensitive as <clears> I would be. <throat> mm-hmm. But I don't think that's a bad thing because like that's helped me to be creative and all these different things. Yeah. Like, But it's just seen as a really bad thing. Yeah. Um, But I don't think it is. I think it's a good thing to be sensitive, but it's mm. just that I was probably just too aware for the age that I was. And then I guess... My dad would comment a lot on my weight. So okay. he was away a lot, like a lot. And um, he would come back and it was just like a weight obsessed environment. That's what I felt it was like. And I don't know if it was like my brain just focused on that or what happened. And was it just your dad or your mom as well? My mom <laughs> definitely dabbled in diets and stuff. But I feel like she was probably more pulled along by by him. Probably because maybe she had to cook for him and stuff yeah, when he was home. Yeah, So then I... Yeah, then it turned into behaviours. But the first thing that I did was I was probably around 10. And I'm not really sure what happened. The first kind of memory I have is that I started uh, overeating. So I remember like having a babysitter over. And what I would do was I would like feel really awkward about asking for food or like really guilty about asking for food. Mm. So I would go and I would take food and I'd eat it in secret. And then I'd go back to the babysitter and I'd be like, so frightened that she would notice that I'd eaten and really judge me that I would be like, hi, can I have this? So like, for example, it was crisps that time. And I was like, can I have a packet of crisps? And then she'd be like, yeah. And I remember one day the babysitter said to me, I can smell crisps on your mouth. And I was like 10 and I was so embarrassed. Mm, that's she was like, have you already eaten them? And I was like, oh my God, like she could smell like the cheese and vinegar or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah. And I was like <laughs> so mortified, like just so mortified thinking it was like the worst thing ever that I'd done. And like, it was such a bad thing to eat food that you weren't so supposed to have. It was so shameful yeah. because my dad was so in control and like to this day still is. I just thought it was the most shameful thing ever. And that continued for ages. And I ended up putting on quite a lot of weight but I was eating in secret okay. mm. and I got a lot of comments about it off mostly off my dad and I then decided when I was like 12 I was like okay I'm gonna go on a diet and I'm sure the twins will remember this because I remember one day I was in, the, in your house and I was like they were like having a happy hippo or something and they were like just have it Rebecca and I was like I can't I'm on a diet <laughs> because Leave my sisters um, Fiona and Sarah were, were in primary school yes together yeah. we were all in primary school mm-hmm. but I'm older and when I was like I want to be friends with your friends yeah. <laughs> they're just so, so cool <laughs> like Lindsay's still all of Fiona's and Sarah's friends and then I just like was like you're taking me too yeah. <laughs> you're delighted I know we always want a summer crew anyway yeah. I know, you know? 
<laughs> but um, yeah, so that's how. So. Yeah. So I lost a lot of weight. Um, I cut out carbs, of course, because that was the whole Atkins thing. So oh, you were yeah. twelve. I was so 12. you just followed your dad's kind of followed diet. my dad's diet. Started a journal. Started like. It, it was kind of normal, but not for a 12-year-old. Mm. Probably normal for someone like, you know, in their 20s now. Mm. And like it wasn't I, disordered behavior? No, so. it definitely wasn't disordered behavior. Yeah. It didn't become disordered behavior until I think I lost about a stone. And I went, and I was really focused on it, but I didn't really speak about it. And then people started commenting. Okay. At my 12-year-old body. Oh, yeah. That's and so we're weird. like like I was a child. Like people were like, "You look amazing. Oh my god, you've lost so much like weight. Who? Like, like you're incredible." Like parents parents my parents' friends, like no, no not my friends because to okay. be honest, like my friends didn't They wouldn't have been They as wouldn't aware. have been as aware and I was out with them all the time that you don't notice and weight kids loss. Kids don't really Kids don't care and they like, don't know they don't at give that a age. Fuck. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, no, it was my parents' friends and like I remember a family that I used to kind of mind their kids a little bit like they come over to the house and stuff like it was them and like just a lot of people and then especially of course like my dad and I just had this thing in my head where I really didn't want to grow up and I wasn't really sure why I think I kind of I definitely figured it out in treatment but like mm. it got way too fucking deep if I started on that <laughs> but like I just didn't want to grow up I thought I wasn't going to be loved unless I was thin there was all these thoughts coming into my head and everyone was telling me you know, you look amazing. And for once, I was kind of like, whoa. Like, people really love me. Like, and they, of mm. course they didn't. They were just commenting on my image, but... But you're was, getting complimented. You're getting yeah. congratulated. And, and positive reinforcement. It. And like, especially yeah. because when you look at like... <clears throat> Positive reinforcement as a child as well mm-hmm. mm. has a. I mean, positive reinforcement for any human. Like that's why we all love likes and stuff totally. on Instagram. But for a child, like that's how you like discipline children. Yeah, like tell mm-hmm. them well done, congratulations. So. And I was really not great at school, and like I was always like a singer and a dancer and an actress. And my dad just thought that was the worst thing in the world. <laughs> Don't he, all dads. Yeah, he was literally like, I can't believe you're not gonna you know study and do well because my sister and my brother were so academic Mm -hmm. and I just craved his love so badly and it was probably the first thing he ever complimented me on and I was like you got his stamp I got a stamp of approval and I was like you know what if he wants me thin I'm gonna be thin so that was like the first kind of thing and I think it was probably only like a couple of months later that I went out with Sarah and Fiona and we were gonna meet up for lunch and um they said like I don't know if anyone remembers, but we were all like, okay, we're going to meet up for lunch. And then I arrived late and then the girls had already had lunch. And I just said, I was always so awkward. So I just said like, oh, it's fine. I like, I've, I've had lunch too. And then we ended up being out the whole day and I hadn't eaten and I got home and I just like looked in the mirror and sucked in my stomach and was like, whoa, that was so easy. Okay. And then from okay. there, it was probably like 13 to 14. I literally lived off, like it went, my safe foods went down so quickly and I lived off nothing but like green vegetables um, and then it went down to just asparagus. And when you were 13, 14? And then wow. by 14, I was in St. Pat's Psychiatric Hospital with anorexia. Yeah. And so, because you're saying like that your dad is a pilot and that he's obviously back and forth. So, mm. you know. Yeah, so my was goal that, would that be. that kind of trigger yeah. you because he, he was away? And yeah, he'd like, notice it more. Yeah. Because, and I still have this weird thing where like, no, no I did up until now, <clears> like where anytime I go on a holiday, even if my dad, if I wasn't going to see my dad for months, like last year, 
I went to Vietnam for six months and my goal to go there was to lose a load of weight so that people would notice more when I was back because okay. they wouldn't have seen me for a long time. Okay, so it's kind of so that came from that kind of Everything pattern. comes from these things when you're younger and you just start to realise mm-hmm. it when yeah. you're older. Because you got that from your dad. Yeah. Coming back and... And just behavioural patterns. Yeah, you pick them up And like if they're, yeah, they can just, you know, for most people, like we all have behavioural patterns. It's just mm-hmm. that, you know, yours obviously went down a road yeah. of like... Definitely. disorder but like you know we all have yeah. them you know that's absolutely yeah. and then you probably find it like maybe it's easier when you're not around the people who are mm. caring for you like if you can go away to Vietnam for six months mm-hmm. you don't have your mom or your really close friends who are kind of checking in and you were kind yeah. of mm-hmm. it was escapism know. totally it was like yeah. to be alone with my eating disorder yeah but um, after my first admission in St. Pat's, like I was so young and I was kind of put into the adult ward and like there was just really scary stuff around me and I was away from my family and it was terrifying and I just thought that they were trying to make me fat and that they that mm. they were trying to take away <clears throat> my only purpose from me. Okay. So I did not want to get better. Like my mum had kind of put me in there like and then I came out. And how did they do it in St. Pat's? Because I have heard. Well, it's different it's, now. Well, maybe back then. I yeah. This was 14 no, years ago. Ha- I've not been in, but I have heard that it's kind of like based on just the weight and getting you to a healthy it's, weight. And look, when I was there, it was like... So it's 2005 Yeah. My friend was around in there around the same time. Okay, yeah. <coughs> I, I was put on Ensure. I was just like drinking, waking drinks. Like, and I, as I don't far remember as anything but the food. Like there was just yeah. Christmas dinner like like three times a day. It was I insane. remember my friend telling me as well, she was like, they treat everyone the same. Mm-hmm. She's like, they're treating girls who are um, going in for bulimia the same as they will like anorexic girls. Mm-hmm. When no, they, I agree with that. Yeah. Because like now that I've been in treatment so many times I've been sitting there with like you know I could have been underweight and there could have been someone morbidly obese from binge eating and we'll have the exact same thoughts yeah now the only reason that you need to be treated differently is because of like if someone's underweight they're going to need their weight to come up in order for them to like okay be able to like like your brain is a muscle yeah so and like your heart's a muscle so like you know you're that's wasting away kind of, you yeah. need to just get they want to just healthy. save you, you in that regard like yeah. if your body is shutting down that's the first focus before yeah the yeah, yeah. Kind of, yeah 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 because you're not thinking properly when you're like complete, like literally starting, exactly you yeah know, that way yeah mm. um so that was so your first it was in st pat's and mm. thoughts <laughs> reflections <laughs> would not recommend no um i was really young it's changed now yeah okay. but it was h- horrible like it was so bad and I was in with all these adults there was like a 44 year old woman in with me and it was the first time I learned about bulimia and everyone was like you know you can eat and just throw up and as a 14 year old girl yeah sharing tips I was like what and then people were telling me about like laxatives diuretics like Mm. over exercising purging like in all these different ways and I was like what I thought like I was like oh my god this is so confusing and I was so overwhelmed and was by that the amount of food. that were telling you that? Yeah, I was so overwhelmed by the amount of food I was eating. I didn't know what to do with myself. And there was a sink in my bathroom. Oh, and they okay. would leave the snack trolleys unattended. Um, and I just started binging at mm. 14. And like, I just grabbed the food because I realized I couldn't like actually purge unless I felt uncomfortable enough. You'd have so to would, stuff your I'd have to stuff out. myself. So I was like... <laughs> 
grabbing food and then my mom and everyone thought that I was better and I think this is the point of why I really wanted to come on today mm-hmm. everyone thought I was better okay. everyone was like Rebecca has gained weight yeah. she's come out of hospital she's fine <clears throat> but little did they know I was actually doing something that was a lot more damaging to myself I was binging and purging yeah. and like I could like that causes heart attacks and like mm. you just dropped dead and this is the point it's like why do we think that you have to be underweight in order to be ill enough because yeah. I was more sick when I left, but mm. I was normal weight, so I must have been better. They were just focusing on the outer. Just yeah. focusing on my weight. So, on your appearance, I guess. Yeah. yeah. It's just. So it went from, like, then I went in a second time to St. Pat's, like, about a year later. I had ended up in Bowmount, like, within that time from, like, mad stuff, like, laxative abuse. Like, I was taking, like, I just thought that it would, like, that I would get rid of all the food in my body, which just isn't true. And mm-hmm. then I moved on to... I kind of didn't go back in for like five (coughs) years. Then I had just pure binge eating. Like it just switched. And this is something that no one really understands with eating disorders is you can't stay with restricting for very long. And I've never met even an anorexic who's never binged and and Mm, like, because you would be dead. I've Mm -hmm. met, because I've unfortunately known like, as I'm sure a lot of, especially girls have I've known like a few of my friends and acquaintances and people I've known over the years who have I've seen literally go through eating disorders and uh, often they will say because I you know being uneducated especially when I was like 18 I'd be like what was it that you had you know mm-hmm. you just you don't I know, know how to talk but about it but I actually it. don't think that there should be a specific name for it like when yeah. people ask me what was mm. what is your eating disorder because mm-hmm. obviously I still have to say I'm in recovery of course I say I just have an eating disorder. I think it fetishizes it when you give it a name. It does. And I everyone think thinks that like one a, is worse than the other. Label, yeah. You know? yeah. Like and anorexia is going to kill you, but nothing else is. But yeah. like, yeah. are you serious? Like, and as you crazy. said, all those girls that I knew or guys or whatever, like, I mean, rarely have I ever met someone who's gone through some sort of disordered eating and been like, and I just did the one thing. Yeah. Yeah, true. You it's can't. always an amalgamation. Always and also, cocktail. if you're focusing on, say, like you said, like a lot of the time you'll hear like, oh, but she's not anorexic. She's yeah. just the... Or you get and the comment like, I had a friend say to me, oh, I have a friend who's so anorexic though. And I was like, what yeah. What do you mean by that? Yeah. Do you mean that she's like, you mean that she's really, really Again, it's just focus on the physical. It's yeah. all Which weight. again is the congratulatory of like the physical state and yeah. like, okay, maybe I'll get more attention if I go down that route. Totally. Like someone who is disordered eating in that way. Yeah, I think it's, like it's, it's also like society's kind of uh, obsession with, you know, certain labels. And <clears> throat> if, throat> I guess in a way I can understand it because <throat> if you can label it, then people understand it. But I think if you actually give it the umbrella label, like it actually makes you be able to excuse the pun but digest it yeah. better because yeah. like as you said <laughs> yeah, there can be like people, but like with even like you know when you look at disordered eating like overeating is usually completely forgotten about and in that's disordered just eating. so awful because like because mm. their heart is under it just as yeah. stress and mm-hmm. people just think like oh they're you know whatever it's so awful mm. and like the like I just came out of like treatment there like I was with a gorgeous group of girls and there was maybe one person who was underweight in the whole hospital but like like one of the girls passed away while I was in there yeah and she was a binge eater yeah yeah and people don't understand that like like she you know like they're all the same Mm -hmm. all the complications come it doesn't matter how underweight you are like it is the most you like eating disorders uh, there's more deaths than any other mental illness but that's not just girls who are really really underweight dying because they're underweight it's actually people dying of heart attacks Mm. I I know I was watching that too and I 
Which loved was, the psychologist on that yeah, because that's what great. she was saying. She was like, that's what she it's not to do with weight. Well. I don't feel yeah. like, yeah. if you guys haven't watched it, it is really interesting. I don't, mm. I don't know if that girl was maybe ready. She, she wasn't yeah, She no, didn't give any thing. informational... No, she wasn't ready to speak But again, like you said, Jenny, like it does fetishise. Like her whole mm. YouTube was fetishised because she was you, so... Yeah you know anorexic. physically physically like, like yeah underweight. you look at yeah. and I think it's kind of yeah. like in that weird car crash kind of the way humans are like you don't want to look but you do look and people almost prefer an eating disorder when they can see it yeah because that makes them understand they're like but it's, oh, it's, it's all mental eating. illness as well like it's like who was it that died like Robin Williams was it Robin Williams yeah. Yeah. and everyone was like look this is depression and it's like his happy face but yeah. is it really going into people's heads yeah I don't really think it is I think it's like fun to share something on Facebook and whatever but I have never read like a story about someone with a normal weight eating disorder I just haven't and it just makes me so angry because or like, what would be considered like a healthy weight yeah obviously for years you were you know functioning yes around and you know any person wouldn't you know look <coughs> at you and be able to like she has an eating exactly. disorder because yeah. you weren't you know or you could have walked into because I know I've also heard like a lot of that's this is why like BMI is like mm. problematic because mm. like if you're like a dense person with a lot of muscle you've a really high you could be on yeah. a BMI mm. scale overweight and all this kind of shit. Yeah, so. BMI is crazy. BMI was created by a mathematician in the 1970s to like uh, gather the weight of different populations. Oh, okay. Like <laughs> so, it's like statistical. It's literally insane. And I'd say if you put fucking like I don't know a bodybuilder on mm. a weighing scales and he had no fat he'd be mm. morbidly obese yeah. I have a really high BMI so do I, I was, <laughs> so do I I was a swimmer for years so I have like yeah. all this dense muscle on me yeah. so, and I've always had a high one yeah. always even when I was a like, tiny thing when I was like swimming yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so was no, I even when I was like literally this like a size 6 was swimming off me my BMI was a bit higher and people mm. were always really confused about that but it's it's got to do with so many things like your bones like loads of stuff like my BMI is normal but a lot of the time, if like even the nurses would have seen or, like seen my weight and been shocked by it, yeah. you don't always look like your BMI. It just doesn't really make any sense. Do you sense. feel that um, <clears throat> because sometimes it maybe wasn't like you know, be, say if we're thinking about like the really really you know physically anorexic mm-hmm. or whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it, underweight underweight women or people who are dealing with an eating disorder? Do you feel like they maybe? Like it's easier for them to get the attention. Like, what do you think is the difference? Like, do no, you feel like it was difficult because eating disorders definitely aren't <clears throat> about getting attention. And I actually think a lot of people who are really underweight, like the people that I've met, they've absolutely I mean, like, the hated attention it. Of, like, but the like attention from kind of professionals. Yeah. So what happened to me was like after the second stint in St. Pat's I always say stint and like five stints now <laughs> so so the first one was first, when you were 14 then you're 14, saying it was five like years six, after was it no two years so it's like two I was years. 16 I had to leave my previous school and I like took a year out and I <clears> yeah <throat> and then after that yeah I was like wait I'm normal wait now I can't say I have an eating disorder okay. I'm better like I may be throwing up and abusing laxatives and like fainting every second day but I'm better mm-hmm. I'm fine what age was this actually <clears throat> about 16 and at this point I had gotten like one period at around 14 and I had lost them like mm-hmm. you just lose all kind of your functions especially as mm-hmm. like a woman you just lose everything about 
being a woman like it's just it's crazy like and I was so depressed and I kind of yeah I just kind of stopped even talking about it I was like this is just whatever and I suppose then what happened was it got worse and I was restricting and then I I was binging again and I was just swinging from one thing to another and I ended up gaining a huge amount of weight by going on this antidepressant and I when you gain weight you almost like and I've heard a lot of people talk about this when they're just bingers as well they just end up it's like a weird cycle where you're just like well I've gained loads of weight I might as well just keep eating and that's how I felt and then I ended up back in treatment for binge eating disorder so you can imagine what that was like because I had first gone in like and I was at this point like obese type 2 okay so that was when I was like 21 so that just kind of goes to show that you can't really label each because no. it can yeah. like you were saying yeah. like it, it never rarely just sticks to one kind no. of and it never right. will. And it's like, that's something to, like, if anyone's listening and they're struggling with an eating disorder, like, you can never trust it. Like, it will tell you to, like, stop eating and restrict and stuff, but you can never trust it. You never know what it's going to do next. Mm. Um, but yeah, I then went on, I came out of that that time and I still just hadn't really, like, I just couldn't, I just couldn't get my mental health like it was this massive control kind of like OCD like thing of just counting and making sure that everything was fine to numb myself from the actual problems that I had yeah to numb myself mm-hmm. from what had happened with you know my parents or like you know my mom was sick when I was a kid or just this huge amount of anxiety the only way that I could I could actually cope with it control it was to control my food yeah. mm. and that's what an eating disorder is really it's like it is a mental illness and it's so complex it's like a melting pot of all these different things and usually what it is is that someone could be really really anxious um and usually they are like usually people that you sort of grow up with a huge amount of actual anxiety not 21st century anxiety (laughs) and to control it they have to put themselves in some sort of pain or like numb themselves in some way and the easiest thing for a kid to do is always food. Like mm, we don't yeah. have any access to drugs. We don't have any yeah. access to alcohol. Yeah. So true. It's like what do we have control over? Like usually mm-hmm. it's food. I mean, because even the term it's an- anorexia nervosa. Yeah. So it like has it in the name. You like nervousness mm. and anxiety mm. and like that kind of stuff. You know yeah. the way it was obviously just for anorexia or whatever. But like, yeah, that's mm. wild. I know it's mad. So yeah, then I went back in again. <laughs> but this time it was for anorexia again. And then I left and I got... So how? what was the space? So you were in for 21. So I was in for three months with binge eating disorder. And I left... Where were you there? In St. Pat's again? No. So I went to a different place in Sutton. Mm-hmm. And then I... Oh, yeah. And then I left. Just stopped eating. Again. I was like... You just never know what's going to happen. I think I remember that. Oh, Lindsay, like, so I, so <clears throat> this was the worst. Did I know you then? This was the time was when sure. I went, so I went to Vietnam Stuff. for three months. I was obese mm. type two when I left. And by the time I'd come home, I had lost six stone. <gasps> and all I got was praise. Not uh. one person questioned me. Not one person was like, whoa, that girl's lost a lot of weight. Especially one with a history Mm-hmm. of disordered eating you know yeah. that way like you'd be like whoa yeah I was so ill I was like nosebleeds I was diagnosed with osteoporosis which is like a disease mm. for literal 80 year old women like my body was eating away at my bones but again I had started off obese type <clears throat> 2 I had lost 6 stone but I still wasn't underweight yeah so people thought I was you fine looked, I remember that I remember you coming out and you had lost a dramatic amount of weight and I remember you being in your house and 
we were eating together or there was some party going on and you were measuring cherry tomatoes. Yeah. And um, you were being quite like, <clears throat> you were commenting on food. I think someone had brought I in know. chocolate and you were like, why is this? Mess? So you yeah. were being kind of like food was conversation. And it's like, we're going to get onto this later in the episode, but like, I think it's like, you don't know how to, when you know someone has an issue around food, you, you don't know how to bring it up. That doesn't, create a tension around it that will then maybe trigger you into continuing with yeah, that because you're kind of like you know do I way? just treat it as normal so that I don't <coughs> ostracize the person and I make know. them feel like the big like there's Rebecca with the eating disorder because yeah. like you don't want to do that or you I also don't want like, if I give the attention is that going to then feed mm-hmm. the totally issue feed the beast. Like, oh great I'll, yeah. you know the way so it's I think difficult. That's... it is difficult and I think it does depend on every person differently as well yeah but um yeah probably at that point like I was so almost like I feel like you sometimes go through these points where you're just like, I don't think I was really on earth at that point. Yeah, you were just in your own I world. was really gone. Like, and, and everyone was complimenting me. I was having like guys that I hadn't seen in years who I'd probably tried to kiss when I was overweight, like who would walk that. past yeah. the road and not even look me in the eye. And then they were all of a sudden like interested in me. And what do you think about that? You're just like, okay, so I'm only valued when I'm mm-hmm. thin. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. So, no, I remember that time. It was awful. And it was like, of all ages, like, I mean, it's not a generally, like, an age thing of, like, it just being mm. our age kind of people where, like, yeah. it was also, like, our mum's friends. Yeah, and, it like, was. Granny it was everyone. Was my old principal was like, what's your secret? I was like, you want to know? Oh I, do you know what? I, I used to always He's dream. My old I know. I used know? to dream about turning around to these people and be like, well, I starved myself for three months. Like, I literally didn't eat a single thing. I ended up with osteoporosis. Yeah, like, I was wearing a heart knew, monitor. Like, you yeah, fucking yeah, knew what my fucking like, secret And was, I was like, so angry at the world because I was like, how dare you? But at that like, point, I mean, because we're from a small kind of village and our primary school was so small. It was definitely known mm. that you like you had been in treatment that you but had how could you things. not realize that it was after, known. with three months you lose six down how could you not realize that that's not healthy but the only reason people didn't think okay well that girl has a restrictive eating disorder is because I still wasn't what they wanted me to be I wasn't what society thought anorexia was and what happened then was mm-hmm. I got so ill because I didn't think I deserved the help I went back into hospital and this is where it gets kind of interesting because me and Lindsay were talking about this yesterday or the day before mm. I left I got kicked out that time do you yeah. remember that yeah I do so you got kicked out of treatment I'll never forget yeah I got kicked <laughs> out of treatment it got alert I a literal ex-gal <laughs> a true ex-gal I was hoarding yeah, was crazy. I was hoarding 
vitamins. I was in my 11th week of treatment, I started hoarding vitamins because I had developed, while I was recovering from anorexia, and this I is developed, a private treatment. Private treatment, <clears throat> I developed orthorexia. Okay. Which is something that me and Lindsay kind of discussed the other day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And orthorexia is a really interesting thing because I think it's possibly what a lot of health fitness people have at the moment. Agreed. Mm. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's an obsession <laughs> with health yeah. and it's actually really, really common vegan it is is. and vegetarians and like god the amount of times people have been like why don't you just go vegan and like you'll definitely get better Rebecca and I'm like because you would find me in the back arse of Kerrigan's (laughs) sucking on the raw meat (laughs) like when you take shit away from someone who can't do restriction like I will literally binge on meat like (laughs) but it is imagining Rebecca banging down the I you mean, just can't do that. Like you take something away from someone with an addiction, they're going to want it a hundred times yeah, more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But and yeah. I, I remember, I like when I went through my vegan phase. Um, mm. I you were really obsessive. Mm-hmm. I mean, but that's truly. And it I could have been feel the only yeah. way you can be vegan is to be truly obsessive. It's like the it lifestyle of it. Like you're checking every single. Like mm. if you're a flexi vegan, where you're like, I'll try and be vegan sometimes, but if the odd butter yeah. or the odd eggs there, it's not a big deal. Yeah. But for most vegans, you know, they really attach it. It's like their religion. And I find it always goes there. It's, Very it's, rarely yeah. do you find a, a flexi vegan who stays flexi mm. vegan yeah. the yeah. whole time. Even for yeah. momentarily, like, because, like, that was with me. Like, I momentarily was like, I mean, you're reading everything. You're constantly mm-hmm. thinking about food. You're looking at labels Where's all the time. Where's my next meal? You know, am I going to be full? Da, da, da. Is, and then also, you get into the whole, like, oh... There's, if I boil vegetables, there's not enough nutrients. They deplete. Exactly. I should eat raw. Oh, I should eat local. Oh, and I'm also, just living off potatoes. The thing is, is like with veganism and like, you know, no shade, whatever whatever diet you want to follow, but it does demonize certain foods. Mm. And does. when you do that, that is like going it's to... It's really, en- really negative. It's going yeah. to encourage someone to think there's good foods and bad foods. Now, what's yeah. the difference with like a vegan saying there's good foods and bad foods and you being like, I can mm. only eat asparagus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, I you get know. that there's like, you know... I think it's great like that people are trying to make the world a better place and all this kind of stuff but just for people who could be either prone to disordered eating or like people who are highly anxious or people with eating disorders I really wouldn't recommend it Mm -hmm. all like an eating disorder like with my bulimia for example I would have only had one safe food so if I had had anything else I would have had to eat and eat and eat and eat and eat because I would be like I'm never going to be allowed these foods again Okay. because I've ruined my day how dare I like it was so black and white and then I'd throw it up and then I'd go back to the one safe food and if I steered away from that one safe food my rules were broken fuck it all or nothing again and I think it's the same with like veganism and stuff it could really really turn that way so I think you have to be a really really healthily like healthy person mentally in order to do something like that because it is restrictive we've like it's definitely restrictive but also we're attaching the whole like I'm safe in the planet my eating is safe Mm. like I don't I totally believe that I was like I don't know like you're reading one article or you're Mm. reading one Facebook post or one person that you're following from Poxy Australia that you're randomly trusting this person because she has glowing damn selfies and you're just believing their research you don't know where it's come from like if you're telling me that veganism is saving the world why the fuck is my avocado from Mexico (laughs) and my milk is from down the road so I don't understand like I don't know what how am I saving the world with veganism do I just live off carrots and potatoes and broccoli that Ireland has given me yeah 
Because that's I, a whole other problem. But that what I mean. Like, just don't. I, I think know. to attach something as great as that onto your food intake and your nourishment. Yeah. Well, it's an identity politics thing. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. putting it on an identity, mm-hmm. and I think that's what also mm-hmm. people maybe who undereat or who have attached an identity onto food and diet yeah. do. They're like, this is how I exist. Yeah. And it's me. Exactly. And if you take that away from me, I've lost a part yeah. of me. Mm. And and this is the thing, like orthorexia is actually a really, really good example of of what an, what an eating disorder actually is, which is a really messy and complex, awful relationship with food. Mm. Because a lot of people orthorexia would eat enough. Mm. They just would, would be thinking that some foods are bad or like that they're not getting enough vitamins or it could be you know like there's to be honest I'm like I'm not a doctor so but I've had it and it's it's a really really difficult thing because again I was like well I'm better but then I was obsessed with vitamins I was obsessed okay. with you know only eating raw foods I was obsessed with this and that and getting all the nutrients I possibly could that I got myself kicked out of treatment so how much better mm. was I like I was issued so why was that you had vitamins. because you sign it you sign a contract and you're not allowed anything because you're on a lot of medication like you know if you have an eating disorder and you go into treatment like it's unless you refuse it you're probably going to be on medication because your brain is so messed so we up need to balance really. your serotonin yeah, yeah, and all yeah. that kind of shit mm. So anyway, the last time I went in treatment was in April. <laughs> and um, that was probably the worst time of my life. It was just horrendous. It got to the point where I didn't see anyone for months. And if I did see them, I was absolutely shit-faced because I was mm-hmm. just like, I just couldn't handle the situation I was drinking from like half eight in the morning I quit my job in February I didn't work from February to April I was in bed all day binging purging binging purging and it got to a point where I collapsed I woke up I couldn't see my whole face was swollen my eyes were swollen shut like I had to come home from Vietnam I had to all these people messaging me telling me I was having an amazing time like speaking for me when I was so 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 miserable and my mum's best friend is a psychiatrist, a psychiatric nurse, sorry. And she came over to the house and they just called hospitals and had me on the couch and were like literally cradling me. And I don't really remember that much of it, but poor Sarah, your sister, mm-hmm. was so upset because I had sent some really fucking weird messages. Because the thing about eating disorders, again, it's like a melting pot of mental illness. And mm-hmm. it's like, I had really, really lost it. Like mm. I really couldn't think straight. You were probably I was having so, a spell of psychosis or yeah, something. Just it was you know really bad. Way. Like mm. I was literally like I had a like I was stopping shit in my room. I was just like I can't live like this mm. anymore. Yeah, yeah. I was. Point. It was mm-hmm. like I was just completely taken over by a demon. But I think I needed that because I went into treatment this time, and I was like I can't do this anymore. Like th- I can't do this. Like I'm 27. I have no job. I haven't seen my friends in months. Like, I haven't had a relationship in six years. Um, I'm miserable. Like, I have osteoporosis. I have mm-hmm. a heart problem. Like, all these different things. And I was like, what am I doing to myself? Yeah. I'm literally just going to die. And that's what the they said to me. Again, wasn't underweight. They said to me, mm-hmm. if this continued, <clears throat> like, you wouldn't be here in a couple of years, like, in, a, in 10 years. Like, there's just no way. That's insane. Yeah. It's so scary. It's so scary for a 27-year-old to hear when... And did you connect with that then? I didn't at the time. Because surely, like, I think, have you heard that before? I haven't heard that before. That was the worst (laughs) I've ever been. And 
I suppose there were so many complications. Like my bloods are still messed up, but that takes a long time to mm-hmm. fix. Mm. But now it resonates with me. But when it takes so long for you to stabilize, because yeah. I had just completely, like, really lost the plot. Like I felt like there was a demon in my head telling me to do these things, and I had no control over myself anymore. Yeah. And that's the the scary thing. Like that. That people just think it's like, oh, I'm going on a diet. That's an eating disorder. But actually, it's such a horrifying mental illness and so, so, so serious. And like, you you know, there's a huge chance that you will die. Like there Mm -hmm. is. There Mm -hmm. is a chance. But as you said, the biggest killer of mental illnesses, which is really scary when you think of the likes of, you know, what we would all consider you know extremely serious and what are like Mm -hmm. you know schizophrenia Mm -hmm. or just severe Mm -hmm. depression or bipolar disorder which are obviously you know extremely serious in their own right but I feel like people don't really ever take into consideration eating disorders into that bracket even a lot of the time because every girl Mm. or person that I've known who's gone through a bad eating disorder or eating disorder in general has also I've seen it happen play out in front of me they've also had huge battles with mental health yeah. where it's being diagnosed with bipolar disorder yeah. or like having oh God, fits, everything under the sun. fits yeah. of psychosis mm. yeah. and you know you don't really when I was going through with one of my old friends from school she went through as I said she was in St. Pat's and stuff and had a really 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 tough time mm. in her adolescence yeah. and you know I, I we don't really speak anymore but like she's I, yeah, I've known her since I was three so it would be the same if we did but like <laughs> she to this day suffers really yeah. bad from Crohn's disease and you know she's I remember the last time I said I saw her a while ago or a few years ago and she was kind of saying like it's all just from that like yeah, you know this, this this stint of my life mm-hmm. and the you know the, the it is. what it happens is. after it and she's like you just don't think of it at the time and you and can't it. reverse a lot of the stuff that's mm-hmm. the thing like I can't, I'm never going to be able to reverse the fact that my bones are like half the size they should be I'm never going to be able to but I'm at this point now where like I feel like I've done such good work and I just want to live my life. I'm so lucky though because a lot of people give up on people with eating disorders Mm -hmm. and like my friends never did. Like Mm -hmm. I was so lucky to have you guys and like the twins and like you know the rest of the group and like it's but it's rare because you see people who go in there and they just have no one left and like I'm I have mm. the most amazing mom like oh my god mm-hmm. she's incredible and yeah so but I I just worked so hard like I was really just done with like I just had to get better the relapsing and the going oh back it's and so forward. awful like I've ruined my life I'd ruined my mom's life I'd ruined my siblings life like and I ended up with no relationship with a lot of family and stuff so it was really, really, really bad. And I just, and, and that's, to be honest, that's not always, like, that's, mental illness isn't going to listen to that. And yeah. It, and it and it didn't for a long time, but something just clicked. Like, something just clicked in my head. I just did the work. I trusted the process. I was like, and I just want girls or boys or whoever it is, because I've been in treatment with a lot of boys as well, like, to listen to this and to know that, like, there is, definitely a way to get better but get off social media because <laughs> mm-hmm. it's just not helpful for people with eating disorders yeah definitely not so if we're going into the like the because <clears throat> you and yeah. I were talking yesterday about the kind of like triggering like we hear this word being used mm. a lot and like I was saying when you came out of the treatment that time mm. and you had dropped a lot of weight and I know that me and my sisters and our group of friends 
we were on educated I think or just we didn't know we'd never been in it's that to know yeah. how do we address this do we just we just wanted you back and yeah. we just wanted to hang out with you and have yeah. fun with you mm-hmm. and whatever way and always whatever way that's going to be mm-hmm. we're going to take it you yeah know? yeah so and yeah we it's just it's so hard to know like I remember um in your last treatment my sister Fiona went to a kind of group meeting that um, was yeah, held in the place. Yeah. And, um, For the friends, wasn't it? Yeah, it was yeah. about yeah. a month ago, was it? Yeah. 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 So, yeah, yeah. like, you weren't there. It was, like, one of the nurses. I was listening outside the door. <laughs> I was, yeah. I listened to the whole <laughs> thing. I was dying to see you. Yeah, me and like, the oh. other girls were literally, like, ears up at the door, like, listening <laughs> to what our saying? families were asking. So they were basically talking to, like, friends and family and yeah. kind of giving like um, helping them navigate like, yeah. them coming the back home the post rehab mm-hmm. yeah. yeah which is yeah. really that shows a sign of a good yeah, rehab no, it's an amazing place because, yeah. and yeah. if anyone is looking for somewhere to go like maybe message me privately and I'll let yeah. you know where yeah. it was we'll, we'll have you whenever. linked and everything like yeah. that but um, yeah. yeah so she was in there and Fiona was trying to just soak up as much knowledge as she could and she was getting some like bits of information that was mm-hmm. saying stuff like <laughs> do not um, kind of <clears throat> say anything about their person their physical appearance yeah. so don't be like you look great you like you know anything physical know. just focus on their no reinforcements on yeah. their appearance yeah. Yeah. so then we were over in years I know I know because like, <laughs> I noticed it because our friends are so like that we're, we're like, like oh my god you're gorgeous and we're also extremely outspoken we say whatever the hell we want to yeah. say so it's also whenever any of us don't yeah. how to say something you're like oh my god no Jenny they arrived at the door right and I opened the door <laughs> and like normally they'd be like oh my god you look so pretty <laughs> it was literally like Hey, hey Rebecca Hello. wow your energy <laughs> you is amazing today? oh my god it was so obvious so then after a few drinks I was just like guys oh by the way drinking's not recommended in recovery <laughs> <laughs> but, um, after a few drinks I was like guys you can compliment me it's okay because it just depends on the person now if I dropped two stone mm-hmm. and yeah. didn't see you for two months and you were like whoa mm-hmm. you yeah. look amazing I'd be like come on it's probably but, like you see me every week I see you like yeah. twice a week so it's like if you're gonna tell me I look amazing, it's fine. Like it's mm-hmm. it's okay for me. But as that documentary, like Shane Dawson's one, when he saw her and she had put on however much mm-hmm. weight, and yeah. he said, "You look so healthy," that's something I wouldn't say to someone. And the, coming the psychiatrist did say that as well. Yeah. she was like, "Don't." But he was freaking out because he was like, "Oh, in my text I told her she looked really healthy," yeah, yeah, and yeah. He, she was like, "She'll probably equate that." Oh, that's fat. Negatively, yeah. With yeah, yeah, an yeah. eating disorder, you say someone looks healthy, that's fat. Like I remember it so well, or. You I remember when someone, someone said that to you when you came out of treatment. And it is something oh, that great. you would consider... A compliment. Yeah, or I mean, like, oh, they come out of treatment, it's they want like, to be healthy, I'm assuming, I will say mm-hmm. that she's healthy. And it's also, mm-hmm. the thing is, is, I think what it is, is that people, when they look at treatment, we do think of it holistically, as in we think, like, you go in treatment and you come out healed. Mm-hmm. So that we think that you're mentally healed yeah and even I knew from my friend like when she came out of treatment it was just because she was at a healthy weight and they were like yeah. get the book out well, of here treatment like they say as well like recovery is probably about three or four years long depending on how long you've so. had it now I've had it for a long time like probably I'm gonna say 20 years if you add in like when yeah. I was eight and mm-hmm. started binging and stuff and like they said it will probably take half the time that mm. I was sick so like, like a breakup I w- yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll be in treatment for a long time. I'll, I'm still gonna, you know, go in twice a week and stuff, and like, but just, but that's more so because you know you don't have to do that. It's just that I really, really do want to continue yeah. this because life is well. You're obviously you've just so taken, you know, such a big step that you probably are Definitely. now. Like it's like this feeling now, which is probably also maybe a nice thing for having this podcast. Yeah. If you ever have 
moments of doubt you can go back and listen mm-hmm. to listen yes. to how happy mm-hmm. you were yeah and so it is then, also like yeah like i mean you said following the process and yeah. trusting the process Trust trusting the process. that these it takes steps a long are time there for yeah. a reason yeah it takes a long time to see any improvements i was probably on my seventh week and was just like hysterically crying being like this is a waste of my time yeah. mm. i hate it get me i hate here. this get me out of here i just want to go back to what i was doing and then you know I don't know, like my third month or something. Like it probably was very recent, but still like you get that little bit of like joy in your life again. And then automatically you're just like, whoa, I've never felt this before. Mm-hmm, and yeah. I'm never going back there. And you just have to keep working. Like I, I work every job. single day at it. I yeah. work every single mm-hmm. day. So to kind of uh, end it off on something that me and Lindsay were talking about when we were discussing doing this episode, mm-hmm. because obviously not, I mean, eating disorders are so common so I'm sure there are is a percentage of girls listening to this being mm. like uh, but you know if you you, you know I think everyone knows Ooh. someone who might need some help yeah. at some point yeah. and recovery is for anyone and mm-hmm. even if it's treatment so as someone who's kind of gone through it and you did mention that you had such a great support system mm-hmm. with your family and uh, like you spe- specifically your mum and your friends and everything like if there was a girl out there listening to this or a guy and like this is kind of like you know their spidey senses are going being yeah. like thinking of a particular yeah. friend of theirs like would there be any kind of <clears throat> way that you would you know talk to someone or approach them about it or is there I always wonder like is there anything you can do because you said like this time going into treatment you were still resisting it but some you just had this kind of mm-hmm. aha moment where you were like actually fuck this I'm gonna just yeah, do yeah. it, it does and in some end. regard maybe you needed to go through yeah. the five treatment you yeah. know there's no you know it, it's no it's just that's how it had no to be book. to heal mm-hmm. yeah there's yeah. no like it should be healed the first time yeah. you know yeah. because and I have heard as well that it's it especially with eating disorders it's never like healed in the no. sense and no. I think we yeah. would we acknowledge that with depression we always know that yeah. like they can be plummeting straight back into that mm-hmm. that it's never like oh I'm not depressed again yeah perfect and especially with food, because I remember reading something about like alcoholics and drug addicts, like they just don't drink alcohol know, anymore. They can't just, just not eat and yeah, it's like yeah. telling a heroin addict, just oh, die. you can just have two syringes a day. You yeah, know the way, like exactly. you have to that, eat food to. With the alcoholism, like there's always the temptation, and even if you do stop the eating disorder, which is damaging mm-hmm. you, there's always that temptation because you know mm-hmm. you've done it. Yeah, but I mean, like with food, you have to learn oh, your obsession yeah. yeah. with food. Yeah, yeah, and you yeah. have to. Yeah. There's no way you can eradicate that from your life. I mean, there's survive. like a lot of, it's it's difficult, like it depends on, is this, like let's just say the person who we're talking about now has accepted they have a problem, because okay. I think if they haven't accepted they have a problem, then I'd say to a friend to gently bring it up, just be like, hey, I've kind of noticed, you know, maybe, X, y, and, Z or whatever. and don't talk about weight, ever. Just mm-hmm. don't say, I've kind of noticed you lost a bit of weight. Or, kind of, I'd say, mm-hmm. I've kind of noticed your relationship with food has kind of gotten a little mm. bit strange. Or maybe something like that. Gauge their response and from there, I suppose, go on. And I would just say to be empathetic. It's not empathetic to say to someone, but at least you have this. Or like, you know, just listen. Just listen and give them a hug and that's about it. If you think they're in danger, I would say to tell a parent or a guardian or someone. Um, but then also, like if it's someone who has accepted they have a problem and might want a little bit of help you could always go to like the local mental health center so like it's in your catchment area and it's free you just kind of have to call up um it's with the hse and then get referred to them or like if you have i don't know like if you have insurance like you know treatment is is free so but even just go for the assessment and just talk about it and see does that 
change your mind about it because sometimes mm-hmm. it's just in your head for so long and maybe someone's like me where you know no one said it to them mm. so they're like you know people did say it to me but like maybe no one said it to this person because they're they're not they don't look like they're sick yeah okay and maybe they need someone to mm-hmm. because maybe they don't realize they are mm-hmm. and like it's usually those people who are the most at risk so yeah i guess it's about being just giving support when you feel like there's nothing you can do like if, there, if yeah. the person hasn't or if the person's been through like multiple cycles maybe like yourself of mm-hmm. treatment or rehab or whatever you want to call it like just being <coughs> supportive and just also mm-hmm. like you know what you said like never giving up on them definitely not yeah and, and, and knowing will. that like like what they teach you in treatment as well is that I'm not my eating disorder my eating disorder is like a totally separate entity to me so mm. when someone is acting in a really strange way or a really selfish way or a really like reckless way it's not them mm. it's mm-hmm. not them it's a totally different person and my mum will always say that she'll yeah. always say like she said to me recently I feel like I've met you for the first time since you were a child yeah you do seem really different I have to say yeah as someone who's met you sporadically mm-hmm. over the years <laughs> you know that way um because like obviously with you know your eating disorder and going in a treatment like you wouldn't always be around mm-hmm. you know that way mm-hmm. but then I went for drinks in your house like what was it like two weeks ago oh, or yeah. something yeah and you did just seem so I don't know there was like a, dare I say energy <laughs> dare I say it dare I say it girl okay <laughs> fucking hell but you dare, your energy did you just seemed more you didn't seem like distracted or removed I know you I seemed was very, distracted you seemed very yeah. present yeah mm-hmm. do you know that way and I hadn't yeah. seen you since the girl's birthday which was what like six seven months ago oh, and yeah. you just seemed so much more present and so much more involved in the conversation mm-hmm. yeah. and you know congrats but that's it yeah Thanks, congrats girl yeah, and so keep much. on going with that because yeah. like we yeah. said like you know it will always be like there I'm assuming mm-hmm like you always have to be yeah, mindful to of it and yeah. conscious of it second guessing yourself and that kind of stuff and like being held like being accountable to yourself mm-hmm. you know the way like yeah, I noticed definitely. that from like little, just I don't have you know but I noticed that I have to be accountable to myself yeah, yeah like you, you can Everyone see yourself does. going down a certain road or yeah. whatever yeah so that will continue for <clears throat> ever I'm sure mm-hmm. but yeah it is great to see that you are like like Jenny said, like present, mm-hmm. and you seem to have the shackles off a little bit. Like yeah, you I seem do. to want it. Yeah. Now, in saying that, in oh god, you, no, no, not that. <laughs> now, in saying that as well, because it's always quite a secretive thing. Yeah, I know. And I think difficult. it has been for the past however many years. Been you've been quite secretive about it, and I even noticed say with the Shane Dawson. Uh, documentary she definitely you could see mm. she had so much to say but she just was Anxiety not going to it. get that yeah. out yeah. for whatever reason she was holding so much in and mm. she was not giving anything out so for me the documentary was pretty much pointless me too it was so boring yeah, it, it was, was like boring. I, was I just, learned yeah. nothing I got nothing from here I got I no know. answers I got no help he was, was just using her for clickbait yeah and I think she just wanted to go back on her YouTube and I the know, internet basically her. forced her into addressing it anyway yeah. back to anyway. Rebecca <laughs> yeah, yeah. But this is literally our friendship in a nutshell yeah. Yeah. we anyway, never stay on top but like hence why all of our I think that's the kind of fearful thing in terms of like addressing it and friends talking about it because you don't want to be like oh great you seem so different now mm. and then you're like oh great no one's gonna notice if I I'm know. still doing it do you know that kind of way well I think just don't use the word recovered yeah mm-hmm. with anyone who's coming out of treatment don't be like industry. conclusive yeah don't be like well you're fine now because you know there's always gonna be stuff we have to work on as mm-hmm. people in general 
you know, like you're never going to get over a traumatic event mm. in your life. It's always going to kind of trigger you in some sort of way. Mm-hmm. So we can't just be like, oh, well, Lindsay went through that, but she's over it now. It's fine. Yeah. So it's just the same as that. But like, no, I think I will try and be more, I will be more honest, like hopefully. Well, I mean, the thing is, is that right now you're being more honest than you've ever been. I know. Mm-hmm. And you can't really go back now, huh? No. <laughs> well, we don't want to push yeah, you to being, you know, again, like it's a personal yeah. thing. But I think... Dare no, I say Pandora's so... box? <clears throat> I mean, it's great that you're talking about it now. It's amazing because... to talk about it. I'm so grateful you guys asked me to do this because I've kind of always wanted to share my story but always relapsed. So it's like mm-hmm. I never felt like I was able to but I really do feel like this is a really good time for me and I've I've, I've been like clean, mm-hmm. if that's what you're going to call it, for like four months now mm-hmm. and maybe that is a short time but it just feels different it doesn't matter how long I, th- I don't think it matters how long or how short it's been I think it really what it is is your mental state going into it and yeah. your mental state through it and how you're feeling mm-hmm. and the person is, uh, they just you just like are have a really nice energy about you now not that you mm-hmm. didn't before but you know what I mean I just yeah. like seeing you now you, you just seem really happy mm. and I also really, that's really not happy. gone yeah. if there is something that you know, backpedals a little bit. Yeah. You know, that doesn't mean... No, no, no. You mm-hmm. know, you're not going to be able to get to a good place again. Definitely. As they well, say, like, you healing know? isn't linear. Like, it's yeah. always mm-hmm. going to have ups and downs and bumps and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. And it's great that you're, like, bringing that up as well. Mm. It's so nice to know that, like, friends are... Well, I think because people think that, like, oh, if it happens again, then it's back yeah. to square one. It doesn't have to be no, that. No, it's not. You know? No, and, it's not. Um, and once you get to a place like this, you know, people ask me before... You know, even by breakups and shit, we get all that. And it's mm. like, look, if you're happy once, you can be happy again. Exactly. And if you've mm-hmm. gotten to this point now, especially in the terms of recovery, if you've got here before, mm-hmm. you can get there again. Yeah, definitely. Well, I, I believe that too. Read something I have the other day tools. To, exactly. to sign this out, I read mm-hmm. something the other day, which actually I really it married to me. And it was whatever you can learn, you can unlearn. So even though you learn certain, like, you know, ways to handle your <clears throat> mental, like yeah. picked up things from your dad, you can unlearn. Yeah. You know, as humans, we have that amazing ability. We're not born out of the womb with these things. We mm-hmm. learn them through our traumas, through our experiences, and however we absorb stuff. But you can also unlearn them. Yeah. And, and learn figure out a new way. Yeah. 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 yeah, definitely. So thank you so much thank for coming so on. Much. It was just so wonderful. Thanks, Rebecca. So it was amazing to have you on here. And we will link everything for Rebecca in the, mm-hmm. probably on, the, on Instagram as well, so you guys can find it directly. But we'll have it in the description of the podcast here. So if you can't find it on Instagram, just click the little info thingy and you'll find it there. Mm-hmm. But Rebecca's fab. And thank you so much because I know it's <laughs> you're you fresh out of treatment and it's amazing that you wanted to come on here. And we're, mm-hmm. I'm glad that we could give you the same space yeah <laughs> as triggering as we are <laughs> didn't we behave well you well. behaved so well today I'm shocked <laughs> we're learning we just basically didn't speak <laughs> I know yeah. thank god so thanks Rebecca thanks guys bye
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.